Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary episode of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, man, how the hell is everybody doing this Saturday morning? Sorry, I'm running late. Lexi came over and visited last night, and I uh, didn't get into bed till late, and I didn't get this recorded, but that's all right. I'm recording it this morning for you, but I hope you're ready for some scary stuff. Hope you're having a great week out there. Hope you had a great work week. Hope your uh, Labor Day weekend's going great, and I just want to say thank you from around the world to people who listen to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for the love y'all are showing me on YouTube. It's amazing, guys. Keep it up, man. And give me some more than five-star reviews, four-star reviews, three-star reviews. Just give me a review. And tell me what you think about the show, man. I know you can do that on Spotify, iTunes, uh, all them places. So, yeah, man. But I guess we'll get on with some scary stuff. What do you say? <laughs> You know what to do, boys and girls. Get you a nice warm blanket. Tuck yourself in. Poke the fire a little bit. Get you some hot cocoa or hot tea. And get ready to hear some scary, scary stories. <laughs> Alright, our first story is about the keg, keg mansion. In Toronto, Canada. Lillian Macy was beloved by her staff inside the... Uh, oh, this is the legend of Lillian's maid. Lillian Massey was beloved by her staff inside the keg mansion. So much it created its legend. Did one of her maids take her mistress's death to heart the legendary story uh, legendary story goes the maid was downstairs as a dying Lillian lay in her bed tension hung over the house finally released when the doctor called out she's gone the maid learned the maid learned of Lillian's passing and was witnessed walking out of the uh, main hall up to the stairs up to the oval uh, visible. It's a striking figure today near the second floor washrooms. A hole in the floor related a, a railed off looking down to the main hall and grand staircase. Also near the very haunted woman's restroom. Unseen, the maid had brought in a length of rope, fashioned a noose, wrapping one end of the uh, one end to the wood railing, and hoisting herself up and over the side. The house staff found her swinging before the foyer right near the grand staircase. Most believe her death was uh, of grief. 
hear hear about the oh never mind but there's another version of the story given by those who cannot answer the questions they said the maid was having a secret affair they said the maid was having a secret affair with one of the Macy's Macy men who was believed to be happily married for unknown reasons the maid feared the secret would be exposed after Lillian's death. So, people say that's why she hung herself, because she didn't want it to get out. Now we're going to talk about the maid's ghost. Do you trust the legend? Does it matter? Because many people believe Lillian's maid is the resident ghost of the Keg, keg, uh, keg Mansion. Hope I'm saying that right. Maybe from history or built up energy from strong belief. So many witnesses to the maid's ghostly encounters of the king staff looking up at night. Or waking, or yeah, looking up at night. Here are some of the common experiences. Walking to secure the front door after a long night and serving customers some staff see movement from the corner of their eyes spinning towards the grand staircase a quick scene the uh, sorry about that a quick scene enough to terrify the toughest of employees too quick too frightened but always remembered what did they see? A woman hanging down from the second floor, swinging slowly on her noose, and then she dis disappears with no trace. The woman, only seen by the grand, only seen by the grand staircase, nowhere else in the mansion, and also hanging and swinging, swinging. All right, here is the history of the mansion. Jarvis Street, the pinnacle of the Victorian Toronto High Society, where the families of the city's rich, ex rich escaped their busy lives, getting away from work but remaining in the city they built. Jarvis lined with strong monuments, unique mansions never copied. And no one is in none so impressive as the Keg's Mansion, built for McMaster. They built the house in 1876 for Arthur McMaster. The last name is familiar to locals, is the same family who founded the McMaster University, now located in Hamilton. The university started in Toronto and in current day building now used by the Royal Conversatory of Music. They moved to Hamilton to expand taking over land in the old Westdale neighborhood. Arthur was the nephew of the university founder William McMaster. In 1830, Hart Macy's bought the house. Hart was from Toronto, 
left the city briefly, moving to Cleveland, Ohio, in the U.S. Hart's daughter Lillian Massey's eventually took over the house and ran all the family interest. At the time, a woman running her prominent family was very rare. That did not matter to the Macy's or any of their family or friends. Because Lillian demanded the diverse... Because Lillian demanded the respect. She renamed the house the Enchilada House after the after their old street in Cleveland. The Macy's area, the most prominent family in the Toronto history. Hart was an industrialist who founded many new buildings, including structures for the University of Toronto. And of course Canada's first ever concert hall named after them. Macy's Hall. The Macy's grandson, the Macy's grandson Vincent and Roman were close. Uh, were oh, okay, were also famous, but in but in very opposite ways. Vincent Macy became the Governor General of Can- of Canada in 1952, well known for helping establish the National Library of Canada in the uh, Canada Council of Artists. And Raymond Massey became a well-known actor. So if y'all are ever around this place, tell me about it. I think that'd be pretty cool go visit something like that. You know, that's what is just so crazy about some of these um, stories. How they uh, unfold and why they're the person that killed herself or the tragedy happened to them while they're haunting the place. You know, and that makes sense because back then... I mean, nowadays it wouldn't be such a big scandal, you know, a rich person sleeping with the help. But back then, ooh, Lord, if you got caught sleeping with the uh, boss and you was a peasant or a poe or a servant, yeah, that, that, was, that was not good. Not at all. But I hope you all enjoyed that one. We do have more. Excuse me, I gotta clean my glasses real quick. I got a fucking smudge on them that won't come off, and I think it's bullshit. Stroke it. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, let's get ready for the next one. All right. Our next story is the Farmont Banff Springs Hotel in Banff, Canada. Hope I'm saying its stuff right. Since it opened to the public in 1888, the Banff Springs Hotel has seen has seen history. Celebrities and in rebuild and rebuilds but also has seen tragedy. Millions of guests have checked in, but a few have never checked out. Some even believe that they still roam the hills of the iconic concert castle in the Rockies today. See, that's that's the crazy thing about a lot of the hotels. People go there to kill themselves sometimes. 
So that's why you get a lot of ghosts. A lot of ghosts there. And, you know, people do die in hotels, too, for that, from stuff. But the Farmont Bannon Springs Hotel. And, oh, 132 years. Oh, and I, excuse me. Uh, I had a burpee. Excuse me. That was nasty. <coughs> All right. In 132 years. The popular Alberto vacation spot has allegedly set the scene for horrific murders, suicides, and terrible accidents. Rooms have been boarded up and the paranormal are frequently recorded. Some are spectacle, but many claim to have seen it with their own eyes. The Bride of the Banished Springs is perhaps the most active shadow of the hotel even appearing on collector's stamps and coins. Like many ghost stories retold hundreds of times, the details have become embellished and no one is quite sure who or what happened to the exclusive woman in white. Oh my God, another woman in white. Like many ghost stories retold... Okay, the most popular story... The most popular story, it dates back, dating back to 1920, was that of a bride had fallen down a flight of stairs after she tripped on the hem of her dress. She tragically reported valid uh, and dancing throughout the uh, Grand Hall. Oh, she is typically reported seen dancing and uh, stuff throughout the ballroom. So she still haunts the place because she never got to dance there after, in her wedding because she died, supposedly. Other unexplained apparitions and heavy activity have been recorded in room 873. Unfortunately, for the adrenaline junkies or Shining fans looking to get a five-star boat. Wait a minute. That's... Anyway, okay, I'm I'm fucking messed up because The Shining was a different hotel, and this one's in Canada. Huh? I don't know. That threw me off because The Shining that story was on a different hotel. Anyways, five stars spoke. Okay, the room doesn't actually exist anymore. Apparently, after years of people claiming that they were terrorized in this suit, the hotel decided to permanently seal the room. That's crazy. Although the, host, the hotel staff claims that no such crime ever took place, the room is believed to be the place where a man killed his wife and daughter before taking his own life. Another specter much less sinister than the other is Sam the Bellman. Said to be a helpful, cheery spirit, Sam is often mistaken for live em uh, employees. We're not sure if we buy into <clears throat> any of these myths or stories or legends, but we do get a bit of the funky shivers. <coughs> Excuse me. Shiver whenever we're at the resort outside. It could be a chill from an open window or the pursuit of the lost and damned. 
spirits. Really, though, if you're ever in the area, check it out. You can review their website, so go do that and go check it out for me, guys. Tell me what you think of the place. I would really love people's feedback on some of that stuff if you've stuff if you've ever been there. Man, I could have sworn. Let me stop real quick. I'm gonna take a. We're gonna take a quick break. I gotta get a drink. All right, I am back. Our next story is the old spaghetti. Oh, the old spaghetti factory. Now, don't get this mixed up with the old spaghetti warehouse in Houston. This is the old spaghetti factory in Vancouver, British Columbia. The first old spaghetti factory restu- restaurant opened at this location in Gastown in 1970. Located in what was once the headquarters of the W.H. McKellen Company LTD, a grocery wholesaler. The restaurant is wonderfully de- decorated with antiques and artifacts from yesterday, from yet, from yesteryears. The old spaghetti factory has four ghosts in its resident in residence. The first is best known. The first and best known is the spirit of a. Tram conductor. And I guess these guys ran the little trolley cars. He frequent he frequents the old trolley car that is parked inside the restaurant and contains dining tables. The trolley number fifty three was once a part of the British Columbia Electric Rail Railway Company's fleet of electric tram trams. I don't know why they call them trams. Maybe you people in Canada can tell me why. Why don't they just call them trains instead of trams? But anyways, well, I guess it's not really a train if you think about it. But anyways, built in nearby New West New Westminster in 1904, it served as a public transit trolley and around Vancouver for many years. In 1957, <clears throat> it and dozen of other trolley cars were demolished in favor of the electric and diesel buses that are commonplaces in the city today. The trolley car was installed in the building in 1969 during the setup of the restaurant. It's up for the debate whether the conductor's ghost came with the trolley or not. Some say he died in the collision of an underground rail line below the restaurant. But this is unlikely because Vancouver Vancouver's trolley cars all ran at street level. And as the building has no historical contact with the BC Electrical Railway Company, the ghost probably came with the trolley car. Regardless of his origin, various staff members have seen the ghost of the uh, uniformed conductor. He always appears seated at the same dining table inside the streetcar late at night. After closing, also placing settings are moved by unsaid hands in inexplicable cold spots and and, and an experienced in, in an... They feel 
code spots, and they have experiences inside the car. The second ghost of the spaghetti factory is a small, small mischievous spirit with a ruby face and bright red hair, simply known as the Little Red Man, or Loki Lou. He looks out. He looks out to staff members by name. Oh, he calls out to staff members by name and strolls through the kitchen. That would creep me out. Some ghost calling my name. I think I'd crap my pants. His favorite prank is to surprise female customers in the ladies' washroom. One on one particular occasion, two ladies saw the saw the dwarfish man leaving one of the cubicles, dressed in a red shirt and red long johns. After looking at them and laughing mischievously, he left through the washroom door. To, <clears throat> to their surprise, no one else had seen the unmistakable man leaving the washroom. It is said that one of the women looked at a picture of the ghost but when the uh, film was developed, he, the, he did not. He appeared as a blur. So this woman had the enough sense to be like, "Oh man, let me get a picture of this real quick." Took the picture, and it comes back blurry. Yeah, pretty crazy shit. You know what I mean? Nobody knows who the little redheaded man is or why he haunts the res the restaurant. One thing for certain. One thing is for certain. However, he is devilish. Li- he's a devilish little fellow. The restaurant's third ghost is that of a young boy. In early night, in early 2012, this ghost gave a female a uh, ser- serious, ter- terrible fright. She was in the back section of the restaurant, helping to close up for the night. While she was busy. Resetting some tables, a boy ran past the a boy ran past her towards the very back. With it being so late and no customers left in the restaurant, she thought it was a thought it was strange that a boy was running around. So she followed him. The boy ran under a table alongside the back wall, turned around and looked up at her. When she looked at his face, she saw his eyes. Sockets were empty. Uh, that would uh, make me run. Terrified, she ran to the front of the restaurant to tell the manager about what she's seen. She told him that she couldn't work at the restaurant any longer and, resi- and resigned right there on the spot. Yeah, she quit on the spot. Excuse me for that, Bert. See, that would be crazy. I don't know what I would do if I ever seen something like that. I'd probably just... <coughs> scream be like ah a physic visited a a a, phys, a physic visited the restaurant and identified that the ghost of the little boy as edward she also pointed out that there is a vortex located at the back of the uh property she also claimed that several small artifacts that decorated the restaurant have spirits attached to them. See, that's another thing people never think about. They never think that, 
You know, they always just assume a house is haunted, not an object. But an object can be haunted, too. And I've heard a lot about that, about how people will go buy something at a garage sale or get something that somebody gave it to them and they put it in their house and it their house starts being haunted. So that happens a lot, too. So watch out when people give you something. The boy's ghost is thought to be responsible for bending curtly on tables in the back of the restaurant. One night closing hours, a staff member walked through the back area to check the place, check that place settings had been properly laid out. He was stunned to see that each culture item was bent upwards on one of these tables. So all the stuff was bent, like forks and all that kind of stuff. Other staff members saw the bent um the bent spoons and forks too but by the time they brought the restaurant manager over to see it was all back to normal in addition the ghost sometimes sometimes places a dining chair on top of the table in the back section which the staff finds every morning man that'd be some weird crap dude in 2015 another server had an encounter with edward after closing, she saw the boy dressed in a flap cap, wool jacket, and corduroy pants run towards the back of the restaurant. She chased him, and he, and he's done, and like he's done before, he ducked under the table. She ran to the front of the restaurant to take the manager back, back with her to see the boy. But when they got there... Guess what? The boy was gone. Oh, that's where I am. Okay. The boy was gone. And then they noticed that the place settings had been disrupted. The uh, spoons and forks was all in a pile in the middle of the table. At another occasion, <clears throat> a customer sat in a row of booths behind the entrance to the restaurant. She saw the boy's reflected reflection in a mirror on the back of the wall. He was using an arm to spin around a narrow column behind the front desk. When she turned around to look at the boy, he vanished. The fourth ghost in the old spaghetti factory is of a girl who appears at the table in the front window. She sits and holds a balloon. Nobody knows who she is. Once a friend of the restaurant, general manager had a conversation with her that latest several that lasted several minutes. The little girl explained to him that she was looking for her mother. When he returned to the table after telling the manager about this, she disappeared. Man, that's just some crazy shit, guys. I would poop my pants. I'd be like, what? Especially that boy he sounds creepy as hell. Oh, do up. All right, let's do our next story. Okay, our next story is the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, Canada. 
For more than 50 years, a ghost known only as Dorothy has haunted the Hockey Hall of Fame. The star is now able to publicly reveal her identity and confirm what confirm what actually happened. In the early night in the early 1990s, a few years before the Hall of Fame moved into the historic building that had been a Bank of Montreal branch for close to a hundred years, a Toronto musician, Jonah Jordan, saw a female ghost looking down on her from the second floor ceiling. Jordan was playing the harp at the event being held in the building's great hall. Was un- she was unaware at the time that a ghostly figure haunted a ghostly figure haunted this space. I remember it so vividly, she said, because it was one of those things you'll never forget. Jordan refused to go up to the second floor by herself when she played at the hall, which opened in 1993, some years later. It was just too spooky up there, she said. It is, it is assumed by those who believe in such things that Jordan had seen the spirit of a young teller known as Dorothy who had killed herself in the bank sometime between the early 1900s to 1960. According to various sources, although Dorothy has been written about in numerous books and articles, she was never she has never been given a last name. Nora was the reason for her death. Until now. Dun dun dun. The store has learned the star has learned that she was Dorothy Mill Elliott. 19 years old. She shot herself early in the morning of Wednesday, March 11th of 1953 and died 22 hours later at St. Mitchell's Hospital. Her death didn't garner much attention from the newspapers of the day. The long-defunct Toronto Telegram ran a brief item on March 11th which reported that police were checking a story that the attractive young brunette may have been disappointed over a love affair. And see, I've noticed that that happens a lot with these ghost stories, either whether it's a male or female that commits the suicide, but there's always a love triangle tied up to that sucker. Uh, Where was that? The telegram did not follow up on the story, but the Toronto Daily Star, as the star was then known, ran a three-paragraph item on page 14 the next day that announced her death setting the cause of of loneliness because her boyfriend had left her to take a job on the on on the boats neither paper mentioned her name but it did appear on a death notice on march 13th that the star discovered over the years other numerous or other rumors emerged. One version accused her of having been caught stealing money. Another said she had been discovered helping members of the Irish Republican Army who were planning to rob the bank to fund their calls calls back home. At a physic and a physic several years ago said she was murdered 
because she had uncovered a scam involving the bank manager. See, that would make sense, too. You know, a poor 19-year-old girl stumbled upon this fucking guy who's been swindling money, you know, through the bank for years. Hell, yeah. The chief of the police had a leading judge, had a leading judge, all of whom were embezzling money belonging to the farmers. The most common theory, however, was that she was having an affair with either another tailor or a branch manager and a married man who had an apartment in the bank. That's fucking weird. Why would you have an apartment in the bank? Okay. The later account is the accurate one. According to someone who knows the details, but for personal reasons, does not want to be does not want to go on record she was a beautiful young woman who was very popular this person says she looked like the actress rita hayworth the source also told the star that dorothy had had been apprehended apprehended at the age of nine following the deaths of her parents a few years apart lynn redwood the bank's messenger in 1953, described her in a 1982 interview as the life of the party, the most popular girl in the bank. She said she shot herself in the woman's second-floor washroom with the bank's uh, revolver, a, a 38 caliber, which was kept in his drawer. Years later, his son, Vic, said his late father told him that he had Oh, had an ambulance attitude carried Dorothy downstairs, likely still alive in a wooden Woodster-style chair. That chair was at my parents' cottage as late as 1990. A few years ago, I spoke with Dorothy's fellow workers, who thinks the last person to have seen her alive, Dorothy, was a beautiful girl was a beautiful girl, tall and blunstrous, said uh, Darion Baxter. I was very, I was very sympathetic at the time, but she was the man. She was the man liked her very much. Uh, and he remembered. Uh, the uh, day of the shooting. I came in at 8 a.m. She was already there. She said, Breaker, or she said, Barkin noted that Dorothy, who was wearing a blue knit dress, looked dis distra distressed and be, 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 be blah. She looked distressed. Just after 9 o'clock, another employee, Zeta Roshbrog, Brock began screaming and yelling over the balcony. Barkin said Lean Redwood raced upstairs to see what was what was wrong with the uh, dev discovered Dorothy's Dorothy Dorothy's body. We didn't hear a shot though, Barkin said. There have been countless reports of strange occurrences in the building over the decades. They are all believed to be connected to Dorothy. Lights flicking on and off, doors and windows opening and closing, 
for no apparent reason, and moans and screams and other airy sounds echoing through the historic structure. Some staff and employees have heard footsteps when wa uh, working alone at night. A few have felt a, a phantom hand on their shoulder or leg. Rob Hines, who formerly worked at the hall as a special events super supervisor, had an encounter that spooked him. While preparing for an event, he entered a narrow kitchen that runs behind a second-floor conference room to get some coffee urns at 6 a.m. A strong feeling as if being watched by someone, but definitely not that intensed him to enter the uh, conference room, which was in darkness. One of the chairs, and this is the God's honest truth. Uh, excuse me, that was so rude. Damn. Was uh, turning as if a breeze was there. He says, it actually moved right into my hand. I'm rather spectacular uh, about ghosts, but it just freaked out and I just freaked out and ran out there. Despite all the reports, only one other person is believed to have actually seen the spirit. One summer, a young boy was visiting the Hall of Fame when these when he started screaming, "Don't you see her? Don't you see her?" says James Jane Rodney, who was the Hall's uh, coordinator of Resources Center Services at the time. He claimed a woman with long black hair was was going in and out of the walls. Dorothy's family does not speak about her death, nor would they comment for the article. They, ha they have objected over the years to her being seen as an object of fun. Wow! Crazy, man. All right, ladies and gents, we have one more. All right, our last one is the Greg Durosh Castle in Victoria, B.C., British Columbia. With the return of the spooky season comes the return of our haunted places. Okay, anyways, I ain't reading all that. Here is the background of Craig, Craig's Doranch, Doranch Castle. Is a thirty-nine. It has thirty-nine rooms in its Victoria-era castle that spans over twenty-five thousand square feet. The castle was originally built for the Scottish immigrant turned coal mag turned coal. Cold. Anyways, he got rich off the coal mining. Robert Dunsmer and his wife, Joan, located atop of the hill overlooking the city of Victoria. The mansion was meant to be a status symbol for the people below to see. However, Robert would never get to bask in the beauty of of the completed castle. He died 17 months before construction was complete. One in a 
one in a strange death that followed the family. The original architect, Warren Williams, also died following the passing of Robert. Wow, that's crazy. With Mr. Dunsmer gone and the castle only halfway finished, the Dunsmer boys, Alexander and James, took, took it upon themselves to see their father's dream come true. Once the castle was done, Robert's widow Joan would leave there the rest would live there the rest of her life until her passing away in 1908. Robert and Joan Dernsman had 11 children in total, but only 10 would make it to adulthood. God damn. They had the, uh, sorry about dropping the GD, but that's crazy. They had one of the, they had one child die in fancy, and one child die in fancy, and a daughter, Agnes, died soon after the death of Robert. After his father's death in a lengthy battle for the ownership of the company with Joan, Alex, Dunsmer died in 1900 while on his uh, honeymoon. Alex's death then again pitted Joan and James against each other for control of Alex's of Alex's uh, company, ending with James never speaking to his mother again. Wow. With the constant fighting between the family, members and various deaths, the walls of the uh, castle have had have held into the uh, broken history of the Dunsmires. Visit the castle, say they, people who visit the castle, they have heard whispers, a child's cry, even a piano playing. Oddly enough, the castle doesn't even have a piano. Of course, uh, where am I at? Of course, with any good haunting, you may even catch something out of the uh, corner of your eye. On the main staircase, it is said that Joan Dunsmer likes to stroll down the ordinate steps in a ball in a ball gown, which means a big, big old fancy dress they'd wear for the big old ballroom parties. If you are daring, you can make your way to the basement to see a child-like figure staring at the ground only to vanish before you can approach it. There's also the scent of being, the scent of burning candles, cold spots that form uh, randomly, and objects moving seemingly on their own. The castle provides the perfect background for ghostly cinema with its daunting and creepy occurrences. In 2013, the popular teen supernatural show, Spookville, filmed at the castle. And then in 2016, the castle was used to film the horror movie, The Boy, 
as the boy. It has also been used for films and shows ranging from Little Women to The Amazing Race. So, if you're ever uh, around there, let me know about this place, ma'am. That seems like a pretty spooky place, too. But anytime there's tragic, tragic shit that happens like that, there's always some stuff that goes bump in the nut, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, guys, I hate to say it, but that's all we have for today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you guys liked it. Like I said, thank you guys so much for the love and support. Go leave me some four or five-star reviews. Give me a review. Give me something, because that's what keeps my show going as I keep building my status. So just thank you guys very much. Hope you've been enjoying the show. And until next time, tell some scary stuff and be scary. <laughs> and guess what? Halloween's around the corner. <laughs> I'm so ready. But you guys be good, be scary, and we will holler at you later, ma'am.